When it comes to independent wrestling and the deathmatch scene, one company is on the rise, and that is Ruthless Pro Wrestling. Featuring today's hottest talent, like Justin Kyle, Dale Patricks, The Rejects, Mickey Knuckles, Hoodfoot Mo Atlas, and more. Check out all of our events on IWTV. Find all of our social media and our RPW merch now at RuthlessPro.com. What it is, what's up, and welcome everyone to Faces and Feels. I'm your host, Rafe Houston. Today, I'm joined by a very special guest. It is the man known as the carnivore. It is Remington Raw. How are you today, my man? I'm good, man. I'm spent, but I'm good. <laughs> a full day out there grinding, eh? Yeah, man. Ten and a half hours, get back home, eat, and I'm... You know, jaw jacking with you. So. Yeah, oh, that's awesome. Uh, thanks for making the time, man. It t- took a little bit. We had a bit of finagling for our schedules to meet up over these last couple of weeks, but I'm glad we can make it happen, man. That's one I'm really excited about. Yeah, man, me too. I'm happy that everything, you know, got copacetic and everything came together for everybody. So. <laughs> we got there. We got there. So, so yo, uh, with this show, uh, I, I don't have a list of bullshit for you. I just like to, you know, get started and get talking. So, man, when you think about professional wrestling and how you first got into it, what were some of the first faces that stood out to you when you were watching? Uh, first ones, since I, I didn't watch wrestling on TV first, I ended up playing the video games. Yeah, yeah, cool. Because, like, yeah, yeah. My, um, I'm an only child, so my cousins were kind of like my older brothers, uh-huh. and they had those old, like, N64 wrestling games. Mm-hmm. And I was always a monster kid. So I was super attracted to like the supernatural characters. Yeah. So like Undertaker mm-hmm. and like Mankind and Kane were always kind of like the big ones. Or yeah. even Big Show because he just looks like a giant. So I was yeah. like, that's a monster person. He's seven <laughs> foot two. Like. <laughs> Count him in. He gets put in the put in the group as well. What a stable. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. What, what was the what were the first games that you played? Like what system are we talking about? Uh, that, that N64, Nintendo 64 console for sure was like, yeah, probably the start of it. And then I think it was either No Mercy or WrestleMania 2000. I was about to say, we talking No Mercy because that was like the game. That was so sick. Dude, I have so many dudes that like I wrestle with now that want to have like a set aside weekend where like none of us get booked and we just spend an entire two days just running tournaments of playing No Mercy against each other. Exactly. Like, but you, you also need to set aside one day before the tournament so you've all got time to do the creator characters and make yourself. That's the only correct way to do it. Oh, you should do it, but make somebody else who's like like another wrestler who's playing. Be like, that, I won't play you. You can't play yourself. You have to make somebody else. That that's funny. So everybody's name goes in a hat, and then you draw it out, and whoever you get, you make their character. So, uh, for instance, we were just talking about Justin Kyle uh, because I just spoke to him before you. You draw out Justin Kyle. You've got to make your own version of Justin Kyle, whatever that is, and however much of a risk you want to take for his wrath in the character that you've made. <laughs> you can make the alternate costume Justin Kyle. Exactly. Oh, oh man, I would I would put him as like how he was dressed for the last RPW show before he went into ring gear. Uh, uh, how what how was it? See, the I saw the inked in blood where he had like the dope vest with the hood and like the ring gear and stuff like that. What was what was before that? So pre that, I was told he was wearing like like <laughs> Miami Vice style, like the flower buttoned up shirt open, just chilling in like some short shorts and flip flops, just like hanging out, being you know, rad Justin Kyle before he went in to murder somebody. <laughs> <laughs> so just these casual street clothes. Yeah, yeah, just hanging. That's awesome. I I could almost guarantee that flip flops and a Hawaiian shirt would be choosable costumes in no man. <laughs> like 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 beach edition Justin Kyle. Yeah, yeah, I'm down for yeah, that. yeah, exactly. Change his music and everything like that, like surfer music. He did tell me yeah. surfer sting was his all time favorite uh, when he was a kid. So maybe there's something to that. That's true. He does. I remember him saying Surfer Sting was like a big favorite of his. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so once you go from from the video games, that starts getting you into watching the show, right? Yeah. Um, 
you know, I kind of got a little older and like my best friend at the time was uh, a big wrestling fan. So he's, you know, he watched the weekly shows, Raw, SmackDown, um, later on TNA when that was going and then WWE, ECW. So like he got me into it and I just became automatically hooked. Yeah. So I was like, I'm planning out my week just based on making sure I like get out of school and out of practice so I can go watch, you know, Raw or TNA or SmackDown or whatever it was on, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and who were you some of your favorites? Uh, Rhino was always a favorite of mine. Mm-hmm. So, like, he's still my favorite wrestler. Yeah, um, awesome. Yeah. I liked uh, Taker. Uh, Mark Henry is a big one. Um, I liked a lot of the heavy gimmick characters like Boogeyman and stuff like that, too. Like uh-huh. those mid-2000s, yeah. like, way over-the-top characters. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean... Like Taker and Foley and like Kane, even like from the games, they basically they transitioned into being my favorite characters from the shows too. Like yeah. Big Evil Undertaker, like right after his American Badass, is like still one of my favorite gimmicks. Yeah, yeah, no, that that that's awesome, man. And the the Taker is a classic. So you mentioned uh, like getting out of school and getting out of practice. When you're saying practice, are you talking sports or or are we talking music? Because yeah. I know you were. Uh, you're a bass player as well, and you you've been in bands and a whole bunch of stuff too. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm talking sports, but I mean, yeah. I did orchestra and played classical music up oh, wow. until not too long ago. I went to college for jazz performance really? a little bit too. So yeah, but like, yeah, I did for, sports. for I did bass, are you you playing like double bass and stuff, or what are you doing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, okay, that's awesome. Yeah, I played uh, for the Wichita Symphony and the Dead Loaches, like are my where I'm from, uh-huh. and. Uh, yeah, I played. I played a rockabilly band for a little bit too, so I played like the slap stand up for that. Yeah. All, the, all this kind of stuff. I never. Um, I've never played double bass. I, I've played a little bit, like when there has been one around and stuff. But I'm completely self taught on electric bass. Like, uh, I hadn't grown up around it. Nobody in my family, none of my friends, nobody played music at all. So it wasn't until I moved to Perth, which is kind of the city here in WA. Um, West Australia for those not in this area. Um, and I went to university. I, I knew nobody here, and so I moved in with my best friend and his family. They put me up so I didn't just have to, like, rent a house or whatever. And he had a, a bass in his house. His dad had always, you know, played bass. And and he was playing it and practicing it a lot. And, man, when I tell you I fucking hated hearing him practice, like, I can't even tell you. I thought it was the stupidest instrument. But, <laughs> but him, him being who he was, he got sick of it, and then he was on to guitar. He kind of plays every instrument, you know. So he went on mm-hmm. to guitar – and then it was just laying around. He's like, we should start a band. And so I just started like self-teaching myself bass on like tabs and stuff, playing punk songs and things like that. And then fast forward now, 21 years later, I, w- I did a original band for about 10 years and then now I manage a guitar store. So <laughs> I guess it was all for a reason. Yeah. 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 I mean, that's kind of how I was like, I mean, I learned how to read music and stuff like that on standup. But like when it came to electric, like, I have the flip version of George. Like everybody in my family plays this. Yeah, right. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Like my mom plays piano and sings. Like my dad's like in a gospel choir. Like my my uncle plays bass and guitar. My cousin plays bass and guitar. My other one's a harmonica player and a really really good like country singer. Yeah. So like it's it's in the genes, I suppose. Yeah. Right. <laughs> just all around yeah, like, you. So you had no, no choice at that point to just grow up with. Yeah. It. Like, I, was, I definitely like, I thought about, it, I was like, maybe I should like, I, I feel like with all this around me, I should have like rebelled and not done this, but it's like, no, nah, it's cool. I got to do this. Though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, I suppose you kind of rebelled a little bit in some of the styles that you play. Cause uh, it's to my understanding that you've played some pretty heavy shit as well as all that classical and stuff as well. Yeah. That is, that is the truth. I play like, I've been in like, uh, my first various band was like a black and death metal band. I uh-huh. like technical death metal bands. Yeah. Uh, slam death metal, uh, hardcore punk grind, stuff like that. Yeah. Heaps so, of different yeah. ones. Yeah, exactly. I was, I was pretty lucky in that, Though, though after the band finished up, I kind of, you know, have filled in for other bands and have kind of started a couple of different ones. The, the opening theme for this podcast is a band that I did with a, a couple of friends called the Thunder Vipers. Um, but I, my my main band, Discord, was around for like over a decade, like solid with touring and albums and stuff like that. Just me and, you know, the core members we were lucky we, we found a rhythm that worked really well you know, the two brothers, and then we had a few members come in and out, but we are really lucky where we just got to have that solid chunk of time, like, together, consistently, <laughs> as a unit, yeah. you know? It goes pretty that's a, that's a long time, too, like, yeah. you know, 10 oh, years and a decade. Yeah, exactly. You know, we're, we're still very good friends. 
That's funny you said the band's Discord. We have a, I have a uh, other band that close to us that toured a lot, like called Discord yeah, in yeah. Oklahoma. It's like a state below me. Yeah, yeah. And uh, they were a three piece, and their singer would play bass, do vocals, but also play saxophone. But they were like a death metal band. That's, that's <laughs> saxophone. That's pretty awesome. Ours was yeah. our big uh, individual thing about making our Discord name different from all the other Discord bands and all the other labels called Discord and stuff like that was to have a, a Y instead of an I. Because uh, it was pretty new metal sort of times when we first started, <laughs> but uh, but then it sort of developed into more like um, you know we we started hearing uh, bands like Killswitch Engage and and things like that, Unearth, As I Lay Dying, and stuff. And so we definitely yeah. became more, I guess, kind of melodic kind of metalcore, and then into more like a I guess melodic metal, groove metal, black metal kind of stuff, you know. Um, yeah, just playing heavier stuff. Everybody wants to check it out. We actually just put our the last album that we did in 2010. We finally got on Spotify because Spotify didn't exist back then, <laughs> and so we so we put it up. It's an album called Tirades. It was mixed and mastered by Jason Sukov, if you're familiar with him, um, who did like Whitechapel, uh, Job for a Cowboy, God oh. forbid, stuff like that. So the production holds up. So. Yeah, I, I'm oh. pretty pumped on it. If you ever like that kind of stuff. Anyway, we're off the rails here. We're supposed to be talking about you. <laughs> <laughs> What's a, are you doing any bands currently? Uh, yeah, like my, my current band's called Fossilized. We're, we're a three-piece. I do bass and vocals for them. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's kind of like, I, I call us hard death because yeah. like we have a lot of like crossover thrash influence, but we definitely love like our mid-tempo death metal, like, yeah. like Jungle Rod or Bolt Thrower or like... Mm-hmm. Even that early six feet under, or like early Cannibal Corpse stuff. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. So, yeah, heavy shit. <laughs> That's yeah, awesome. but like, mixed with like that, like that uh, musical waste, or maybe even like uh, like SOD, like that, like old school, like first wave thrash punk stuff. Yeah, know? cool, cool. And can people check that out on Spotify and stuff? Yeah, it's on Spotify, Bandcamp, Apple Music, whatever you want to try and find it on. It's most likely on it. <laughs> That's it. Check it out, people. All right, back to the wrestling. So uh, <laughs> at which point then, so obviously you're you're studying music, um, you've been playing some sports, you're checking out wrestling. So at, w- at which point are you looking to make that crossover into maybe training in wrestling? Because I always find that really interesting. Wrestling was really far away from me growing up and almost impossible to even think about. Um, how, how do you make that step, like, in – into a school or, or whatever. Yeah. Like, um, I kind of had the same thought. Like I had a pretty large gap. Like when I, when I first started high school, I kind of was like, I kind of left wrestling to the wayside. I was like, I really focused on music. Like I'm, that was my main, you know, dream career path or whatever. Yeah. Cause I thought maybe wrestling was too high of a, an unattainable thing. Cause like I'm in, I'm in the middle of the U S and Kansas, Kansas is like mm-hmm. pretty far away from anywhere, like major cities to train. And I didn't know, any schools yeah. you know that were even close by um but my friend the one that i grew up with like childhood best friend like that was his that was his end all be all goal was to be a wrestler yeah right right and so um, <laughs> so like probably ass into high school like i hear him about like doing indie shows and like him wrestling i'm like hell yeah man it's like good for you i don't know like how you got into it but like good job proud of you mm-hmm. and then maybe around when I was like 20, 21, I get like this call from him. And he's like, Hey man, like, I don't know if you know this, but like I'm wrestling. I'm like, no, I've seen you. And he's like, how do you feel about uh, like coming and getting in a real ring? You know, cause we used to yard and stuff together back when yeah, we were yeah. kids. Uh-huh. I did that, that primeval no ring stuff. <laughs> <laughs> how that come back around full circle. I just thought about that. I'm like, I've done so many no ring death matches. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, it cut out on you a little bit there again, bro. I'll have to get you to restart that thought if that's okay. You good? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, I can see. (laughs) No, you're good. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, I was totally fine. Yeah, it cut out on you. So no ring thing came back full circle. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. So yeah, yeah, um, yeah, Uh, yeah. The that's exactly that was the last point before it froze up. Yeah, yeah. But uh, so he calls me up and um. I come out and train this like big, just no AC, no heat warehouse in the middle of Salina, Kansas, which is about two hours away from where I'm from. Yeah. And so I'm like, Oh man, like let's, let's see what this is all about. And I see these kids, you know, well, even I say kids are my age or older, like just taking bumps and training, you know, doing that old school, just catch wrestling stuff. And I see this big, just like built kind of like a, maybe a less athletic Vader type, like just huge mass of a dude. And he's a trainer named, Billy Simmons goes by Blade as his gimmick name. Mm-hmm. And uh, after I took that first bump, it was just 
you know, <laughs> end all be all from there. <laughs> Did you, um, so was that the kind of thing that when, uh, you take that first bump, a lot of people are like, Oh, this is more than I thought it was going to be. Like, did you love that immediately? Or were you like, oh, this is going to be tough? I did. Cause like uh, he made the joke. He's like, yeah, you do the uh, Helms, the dude who brought me, he was like, he told me you were, you're used to bumping on like just dirt. Yeah. You know, I think like, I was like, yeah, he's like, this is going to feel like a marshmallow. <laughs> so, like, so I took that bump. I'm like, yeah, you're right. This doesn't feel that bad. <laughs> <laughs> you're already completely desensitized to it at that point. <laughs> Yeah, and like I, you know, I was doing competitive powerlifting then too, so my yeah. back was like it's still like, you know, nice and thick enough that the bumping on, you know, the apron and on stuff like that it sucks, but it's not that bad because I have the musculature to protect my bones. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> so you you're already built for it. So he was scouting you obviously at this point. Uh, if you if you're doing uh, weightlifting stuff, he he knows you're a bigger guy, and he's obviously thinking there's a way to maybe bring you in. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like he, he knew, like I played four or five sports a year in high school, and and you know, he was like, "Yes, yeah, he's, he's an athlete. He's going to take this seriously if he likes it enough." Yeah, yeah, <laughs> which <he's> a... <laughs> that's what happened. <laughs> I'm also a big nerd, so the character part of it even made it better. <laughs> <laughs> it all comes together. Does your friend still wrestle? Yeah, he does. Um, not as much as before. He's kind of got in the really in like commentary. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, and he's talking about maybe starting his own promotion here cool. in Kansas. Well, let's, we'll see how that, how that goes. Yeah. Yeah. That's exciting. It's cool that he's still with it though. Like something that he'd wanted to do like his whole life is still cranking along with. Oh yeah. I don't, I don't think he like has the mental option to get out now. Like <laughs> It's just too ingrained to the DNA, man. Yeah. He's just got the worker brain. <laughs> just who he is, who he is. So, uh, you said the character stuff took, um, came pretty naturally to you. You like to delve into that kind of stuff. Were you, were you immediately Remington raw or did you go through a few other incarnations before you found yourself? I was, uh, another gimmick before I was Remington raw. I was like a straight Viking gimmick. Oh, okay. Called, called Thorin Oxgard. That was my name. That's great. Cause <laughs> <laughs> like, it's, it's an easy gimmick, man. I got the beard. I got the long hair. Mm-hmm. You know, I had, I, I made this like fur, kilt kind of thing to wrestle in like it looked cool and i like i definitely looked the part but then when it came to like cutting promos or like talking in the ring i was like i have to talk like the 70s marvel for otherwise yeah. this isn't gonna work and that's so <laughs> hokey to me i'm like yeah. i can't do this this isn't real like, yeah 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 you know you need to so, uh, have, have that sort of warrior vibe but still be able to be in present day Right, exactly. I'm like, and that's kind of like I, I took a little bit of time off because of uh, like financial stuff. Because like driving almost two hours back and forth three yeah. days a week for training was kind of expensive, and like, you know, I wasn't making this money at my my shoot job or at wrestling to like make those drives all the time. Yeah. So I took some time off, and like the itch came back, and like my wife now was like, "You, you need to go to a show." <laughs> yeah. So, she kind of like helped me push back and like I watched the show and because Billy, my trainer, really kept poking at me. Like every time I make a post, even if it wasn't related to wrestling, he's like, that's cool, man. You need to get back in the ring. <laughs> <laughs> Just riding you. Yeah, man, the whole time. And so like I finally went back to the show and I watched it and I'm like, I missed everybody. Like I missed everything. I missed the ring. And I was like, I have to come back. That's awesome. They're like, oh, you come back as Thorin? I'm like, no, I'm coming back as something else. Yeah, going to figure it out. So so where, where do the first ideas for who Remington Raw is going to be come from? Comic books. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's like a big thing of mine. I'm a big comic book collector and yeah. stuff. So I was like, I kind of wrapped around favorite characters of mine. And then I brainstormed with, with Helms, the dude who brought me in, uh-huh. you know, ancient best friend. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you got to like, like just pick those characters and like maybe take parts of them and make this weird amalgamation. And I was like, well, I always like these like animal based characters, like, like Sabretooth was a big yes. one for me. Yeah. Like I, I love Blanca from Street Fighter, like, you know, like Lobo from DC comics. Like the, those are like some of my favorites. Yeah. It's like, Oh, you're just gonna be like this unhinged animal man. I'm like, that's, True, but not like an actual animal person. <laughs> not a werewolf gimmick. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Just like when you say Sabretooth to me now, it wasn't something that I clicked before, but now I see it that you say it. You know what I mean? He's like a, 
a lot of people think he's like this savage kind of tiger and he like person and he is in the ring kind of thing, but he's actually very cerebral, you know, like he's, he's very calculating in everything he does. He's just like sort of a, a bloodthirster when it comes to like battle and stuff, which is like pretty cool. Yeah, it's that it's that switch thing because yeah. like I even have that like I I kind of click that into my ring stuff. It's like if you ever watch me walk around the ring, like I don't take the eyes off whoever. The second they hit through the curtain, I usually don't look away from them. Yeah, like I I, I stalk them and watch them, and to the second that bell rings, then it's it's bloodthirst mode. It's blood rush mode. Let's go. That's awesome. <laughs> I'm man. ready to see crimson from you or me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, fuck, saves it's awesome. I uh I also grew up a comic book fan. I don't read as much now because like you know life and cost and and time and all those things but when i tell you that i have an entire storage room downstairs in this building filled to the roof with like tubs full of comics i'm not exaggerating (laughs) that's literally exactly where i'm sitting in right now is like my me and my wife's shared like nerdery like (laughs) like i have my my wife size like thundercats sort of omens behind me like right now and like all my all my comic books are in their sleeves and books and they're huge, you know, uh, blind boxes and stuff like that. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. What was your uh, favorite title uh, to collect as you were? Uh, there's an image book called Manifest Destiny. It was probably my favorite book. Mm-hmm. It was kind of like, to sum it up in a sentence, it's like Lois and Clark Monster Hunters. Okay. That's pretty <laughs> so cool. So it's like them, it's them being hired on by the, the new American government when the Louisiana Purchase got bought. It's like they're clearing out all of the, you know, they, they market as like Native Americans or whatever, but it's these just like crazy, like cryptids and like oh, dimension wow. hopping monsters and it's super cool. <laughs> that sounds awesome. I haven't heard of that before. I will... Uh, what sort of year was that released? I, I wasn't always the biggest image guy like I was when, you know, Spawn and everything kind of came out, but I was always a Marvel guy for ages until Jeff Johns run on DC. And then I was like, um, about DC, like, huge. I wasn't back and forth with, like, the, the main two. Like, mm-hmm. I was definitely usually gravitated more to DC because Swamp Thing was, like, a big favorite of mine. So every time he'd get a new title, I'd be like, yep, I'm going yeah. over here for a while. Or, yeah. like, every time, like, Hulk would get a good one, I'd be like, all right, I'm going back over here for a while. <laughs> like, That's what, around that same era when they did that um, Animal Man reboot as well. That was – and Swamp God, Thing that came into that. Good. It was so fucking good, man. <laughs> it was so, so good. fucking good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> God damn it. Oh, we're, we're off track again. We're, we refocus back on the wrestling. <laughs> this is like when I, when I had Oren Vide on the show, We the, the tail end of that interview – it's just us. We no longer even talk about wrestling anymore. <laughs> just us talking about comedy. Happens we have so much in common that are like aren't wrestling adjacent or like yeah, all those things. Like, like well, we could talk about all this other stuff. But yeah, no, that that's awesome, man. But yeah, bringing up Sabretooth, he's always been one of my like favorite villains. And the moment you say him, I can see that influence straight away, and that's like a really cool um, place to start. You know, uh, how do you come up with the name Remington? Because unless that that's, is your government name, <laughs> that, is my, that is my birth given name by my mom. That is really that's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> that's such a that's cool the part that me up is everybody's like, oh man, it's like, like you know, like obviously your last name's your last name. I'm like, no, nope, that's the fake one, man. Like <laughs> <laughs> exactly, it's the first one. As somebody who also has a first name that's a weird R name, I uh, can relate to that. That's a, that's really cool and very individual. Did you? I found this, and it wasn't until I did the podcast that I started to like like my name. I always have found my name annoying because everybody always says it wrong, right? And you kind of get used to it, but everybody's like, you know, teachers reading the role and stuff. They'll be like, uh, Raph Houston. And I'm like, yeah, like nobody can ever get it right, right? And then, but now if I tell somebody like yourself, I'm like, yeah, man, we should, we should talk for an interview or whatever. Just add me on Facebook, Rafe Houston. I'm the only one in the world that's actually true because if you put that in, I can be found very easily like for stuff like this. Did you ever find yourself at odds with your name? You know, because it's not just, I don't know, Jason or something like that no, when I, you're a kid. I, I definitely grasp it, but it's like, my name has is, is so long and has so many syllables. So like when I say it to somebody, my their usual response is what? Yeah. <laughs> they're like, I'm like, Rick Remington. They're like, what? I'm like, you can call me Rim. It's fine. Like it's whatever. It's like whatever less mouthful of words you have to say to say it, it's fine. Yeah. Like, it's <laughs> difficult. Yeah. But you know, those kind of things, like when you're a kid, you do, uh, I kind of was like, I wish I just had a normal name, but yeah, now I've kind of come to 
accept it as the, I guess, blessing it is. <laughs> Even yeah, if, yeah. I, for sure. Like, I definitely think it was a better thing because, like, I just, I don't know, it made it made it easier for, like, my mom or, like, family to find me in crowds because I am, I've never met another person named Remington. I've been told about other people named Remington, but, like, I feel like if we ever come in contact, it's like a Highlander situation. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's over. Like, it's a wrap. Yeah, it's like gonna gonna just show dominance which one of us is the, yeah. the strongest room. I can tell you, man. I've met another Rafe in real life, and we did have to fight. No, no, that's not true. <laughs> but it was not spelled the same way because my parents were like, "Oh, I don't, I don't think Rafe with a single F looks as good. We're just going to make an F, an extra F in there, even though I guess it doesn't make grammatical sense." <laughs> so, People spell my name wrong all the time, and I don't even know how. Like they add extra letters or like like in random places. Like my name is spelled exactly how it sounds. But we'll add an extra M or add an extra I for no reason. I'm like, it's don't overthink it. It's just yeah. there. <laughs> just <laughs> just sound it out and you'll be all good. See, the people have a really hard time spelling my like my, my gimmick last name because I do spell it funny. Yeah, for a reason. But yeah, because like you know people spell roar normally like R O H R, but I spell it R H O R one. It's kind of like a little shine on my my old gimmick since the name was thorin it's spelled like thor yeah with an r yeah mm -hmm. and then since rhino's my favorite wrestler i put the rh ahead of it that's great so, yeah a little bit of a, a shout out to your boy yeah Except i actually got to be in a locker room with him like share it like uh, with a show with him and that was really like childhood rim was like this is really cool <laughs> yeah i was gonna ask you if you ever met him or got a chance to wrestle him as if yet yeah i got i got to meet him as a kid when i was like I don't know, 13, 14, when I went to my first indie show, which was like, looking back at it, was the most stacked, like, TNA impact show, because it was like, some, the, 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 just to put it this way, the, the main event was Samoa Joe versus AJ Styles in the tables match. Oh, wow. Like, <laughs> That's bro, yeah. easy. Yeah. Yeah, but then they just, like, rattle off wrestlers like Christopher Daniels, like Abyss, Matt Morgan, LAX, the Dudleys. Like, all of them were on this one show. Jeez. And, like, I look back, I was like, I was so spoiled for, like, a hot second. But Rhino was there. And so I got to meet him when I was, like, 12, and the dude gave me the most, like, gorilla grip handshake I've ever felt in my life. That's awesome. Flexing on kids. <laughs> <laughs> I think he was just mad because we were, like, the same height. See, like I was just a tall kid because I've been six foot since I was like thirteen. Oh so. wow! <laughs> <laughs> he's like, who is this kid? Thinks he's coming in. Have you told him that story? Or he didn't get a chance to, <laughs> to relate. I didn't that. get a chance to, man. Like I, I know he's kind of got like a, like a, kind of a weird spot for like deathmatch companies. So like, because I know he's got a big thing about germs. Uh -huh. But like, right. he definitely came in. He had a freaking banger with Justin Kyle, and then yeah. fucking just like practiced it up, said bye to everybody, and left. I'm like, that's fair, man. You're busy. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh well, never say never. You might get, might end up across the ring from him one day. Oh, dreams. Yeah, dreams. Mate. <laughs> Book it, people. Book it. Um. So, <laughs> so as you begin to, you've de now developed Remington Raw. At which point do you start to cross over into deathmatch stuff, like? Uh, was that something that had always interested you or in the like recent rise of stuff it caught your attention? How did that work? It was a, uh, it was definitely a childhood thing. Right. Like, okay. Yeah. Like I've always been asked, like I've been asked, I've been like, I've been wanting to do death matches since I was 11. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It goes back to the backyard yeah, stuff, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Like we did, you know, we didn't use a ton of glass. We only had like one actual match. We ever used glass in, but we used like barbed wire and tables and tacks. Like we used chairs all the time. Like I, I don't even know how I have like a completely functional normal brain for how many times I've been balls mahoneyed by like friends <laughs> as, like, a, as like a party trick, you know? Uh, it's like, thankfully I have this like Neanderthal Cro-Magnon forehead that you can just bash into. I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. Don't worry about it. What do you, what, but, uh, what do you say to your parents when you come home at 11 and you've been through glass, <laughs> like in a backyard wrestling? You, you, you hide it. You yeah. hide it really well. Yeah. Okay. okay. <laughs> Looking like the mummy, like coming through, like oh, there's nothing wrong here. Hood up, like you know. don't worry about it. What, what mama don't know won't hurt her, kind of thing. Yeah, you know I, okay, I got you. <laughs> but uh, yeah, like it was kind of right before uh, the WWE ECW happened. Like they, the WWE started putting out those ECW DVDs. Yeah, the like, like the ECW bloodiest matches and like blood sport, like those DVDs, and like watching, you know. The super extreme stuff with like New Jack or like the the Rottens or like <laughs> all the fire spots the Dudleys used to do, and then seeing those no real barbed wire matches, I'm like, this is awesome. Yeah. And then I, you know, YouTube 
spawned like right hat like when i was you know 12 13 and so people started uploading czw stuff mm-hmm. on youtube so i like i remember one of my first like big death matches I ever watched was like Nick mondo and wife beater yeah. in that uh like 200 light tubes or 400 light tube death match where mod the finish is mondo getting the uh the, the weed whacker to his back and then getting choke bombed by fucking wife beater. I'm like, yeah. oh man, this is awesome. Badass. <laughs> <laughs> Way too young to be saying that shit. But, right. But I'm awesome. like, I shouldn't be watching this. Like, we're the adults. But <laughs> yeah, exactly. Thank God for YouTube. But that that's awesome. So, so what's your first opportunity like? Like, um, is the the wrestling thing that your friend got you into, do they have that sort of thing going on there or do you need to look outside that company? They definitely are more of a, an old school style fed. Like they definitely care a lot about the, the, the characters a lot and they weren't really so gung ho on like the blood and guts. Cause like Kansas, Kansas doesn't have like a, um, what's that called? An athletic commission. Yeah. But like nobody wants to do something stupid and piss off the pseudo athletic commission. So we have to get licensed and stuff like that. Yeah. Okay. So I kind of had this weird little tie in. Like my trainer is really, really, really good friends with Chewy Martinez mm-hmm. and Chewy's like an OG death match guy over here in the States <clears throat> and in Mexico. And so like my trainer was like, Hey, my, my, you know, my student wants to do death matches and he's like, Oh, does he? And so kind of gave me the question. He was like, Hey, we'll, we'll see about this and stuff like that. And I kept bugging him about it. Like I kept bugging him and kept bugging him. I'm like, Hey man's like, I want to do this. Like, this isn't me just messing around. Like I'm not trying to get my foot in and then dip out again. Like this is what I've been wanting to do. I want to stay in this. Yeah. And so before quarantine, he had a tournament that he was going to set up in Texas, mm-hmm. but it was like, cause COVID that didn't happen. Mm-hmm. But well, down the line, um, he was working uh, AWR in Indianapolis and he's like hey they have a tryout show like the day before and they're a death like they do death matches so they're a death match and I was like oh do they so I got like me and a whole car of the dudes yeah. yeah it's like straight up like, <laughs> it's like say when like, yeah, yeah, yeah. so they, they got me and a carload of dudes man like uh, Mitch Onyx included like he's an AWR regular now because of me and him is going up there a ton you know, got up there and we had like, I had like four, four new bloods. And every time I was up there, cause uh, Gary Emmett, the dude who runs it was talking about, it's like, Hey, it's like, just so you know, we do death matches. But doesn't mean you have to do them unless you want to. And I was like, the one dude was like, looked around and like raised my hand. I'm like, I want, I want to do that. <laughs> Me please. I would like to do that now. Thank you, sir. <laughs> I definitely got a lot of looks from like the folks who didn't know me. They're like, Oh, he's, he might be a little crazy. Like, <laughs> So, but bugging, bugging Gary and bugging the guys at AWR, they finally gave me my, my shot, which my first death match was supposed to be with, with the Duke. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. John it was Wayne. supposed to be with John Wayne. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that ended up getting scrapped and then we got, we got it rebooked again. He ended up getting double booked, so he couldn't do it. So we're like, damn it. Like, you know, I, I was kind of getting more upset. I'm like, maybe the universe is telling me like, I shouldn't, I shouldn't do this or whatever. And then Gary's like, nah, we got you. It's like, we got your replacement for John. I was like, oh, who is it? He's like, it's Pondo. Oh. <laughs> I was like, what? Can we just uh, you know, bring I'm- you the original American deathmatch legend? And go, uh, yes, please. That would be amazing. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just this fireworks in my brain. I'm like, oh, yeah. boy. Like, that's, that's Madman Pondo. It's like, I've been watching him since I was, you know, mm-hmm. younger. And, like, seeing him on TODs and JCW and, like, you know, seeing him do crazy shit over in freaking BJW back in the day, like this Japan stuff with like Shadow WX. I'm like, bro, that's Madman Pondo, you know? <laughs> so needless to say I was I was nervous, but incredibly excited. <laughs> yeah, that's that's so cool, man. Um, I have had Pondo on the show. I, I now count him a friend. He's an amazing person. So that would have been like I can't think of anybody better like to take you through your first. Oh yeah, that's that's kind of how they put it too. I was like, yeah, he's, you know, he's the man. Like, yeah. of course it's gonna work. And You're like the knee would... of the Godfather, like one of the Godfathers of American deathmatch wrestling at that point. Like, that's amazing. Yeah, and I was definitely like in the the shut up and 
uh, keep your mouth closed, keep your ears open kind of mindset. I'm like, yeah. I'm going to listen to everything Pondo has to say about anything. Absolutely. And absolutely. Turns out we have a ton of stuff in common too, because he's a giant Godzilla fan and I'm a giant Kaiju fan and a horror movie fan. So yeah. like a lot of the time when we should have been talking about wrestling stuff, we were talking about horror movies and the new Godzilla movies come out and stuff like that. Instead. Awesome. <laughs> he's wicked. Yeah, that's great. And so, so how'd that match go? Where did, where did it happen? Was it, it was at AWR? Whenabouts? What yeah, day? AWR and, uh, in Indianapolis and, is that Requiem? I want to say it was Requiem 2. Okay. And it went it went great. I mean, Pondo got the W on me. He's definitely got those veteran moves because he <laughs> – I was about to try and, like, get the win, but he caught me off guard, and he uh, grabbed these two Kinsons that were oh, no. uh, in the corner. And he, so he tried to get one in and slid off and missed, but he got the second one in real tough and then hit me with that stop sign Yeah, and bashed that Kinson farther into my skull. So, Are you telling me that you took a Kenzen in your first ever death match? Yeah, I was okay. Just straight in, Kenzen. straight into the deep end. Then, <laughs> yeah, that's that's kind of what Akira said when I came back. He's like, "You motherfucker!" Like, <laughs> that's... he's like, "I know, I know, so many dudes who do this regularly and still won't take Kenzen to the skull." And I'm like, "I wanna, I wanna show that how to." Aiden Blackheart is always he coined the term tourist. So I'm like, I don't want to be a tourist. You know, yeah, that's not my thing. I got you. Like, yeah, you were like, I'm showing everybody I'm not playing. Like this is this oh, yeah. is real. This I, is what I'm I doing. The, I think the sledgehammer cinder block spot to the crotch. Right. <laughs> God, dude. You, yeah, you weren't playing around. That that's a way to make people take you seriously. That's for sure. Oh yeah, straight like, into we, the deep we, end. Yeah, we use gussets, uh, light tubes. Like we started off by doing bundle exchanges. Like, I got to, I got to use my uh, uh, one of my new like signature weapons now. It's called the food chain. It's something I made. It's a big like volleyball covering around like eight hundred tacks. And I have it on the chain and I'll swing. It oh like, yeah, I've seen, I've seen you enter with that. I didn't know the story behind it. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. It's like I call it the food chain, and it's fucking. I think it's cool. I think it is cool. Pondo is the reason why I wanted a signature weapon. And I was like, Pondo's got. The, the saw bat, he's got the cinder blocks and the head of the sledgehammer. I'm like, bro, like, like, I mean, Casanova has, like, I think about his, uh, the, the weasel. The weasel, and, and he's got the barbed wire glove and the Satan's cock. Like, he's, yeah, they've all got, like, a menagerie of signature weapons. Yeah, then Akira's got the freaking, uh, the pool darts. The I'm bullets. Like, oh, yeah. I want signature weapons. That's why I use that, and now I use the machetes all the time. Yeah. So. That's that's awesome, man. If you're gonna be a deathmatch wrestler, you've got to be thinking about what your action figure's coming with. It's how I look exactly. at it, right? Yeah, exactly. If I'm getting a Remington Raw figure, he's gonna have the mask, he's gonna have a machete, he's gonna have the food chain. Like that's what you need, right? Like yeah. <laughs> they're all your accessories. It's interchangeable blood spot stickers. Like <laughs> exactly right. If anybody makes action figures out there, get on it. That sounds that sounds like it'll sell gangbusters, at least to me. And ship it to free to Australia, please. <laughs> that's awesome. Wow, man, that that's really cool. And so that yeah, not even that long ago, straight into the deep end of the pool, and then you've quickly been rising up the ranks as far as things go. Uh, I've seen you on No Peace with Randy West. Was it? There was a pretty brutal exchange there. I saw. Yeah, that was that was the last time I was at No Peace during the the death the uh, gauntlet of death. Three. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Where I, where I attempted, to, I, uh, attempted to kill Randy West, <laughs> exactly. and I believe the rematch. Uh, she's going to be looking for some payback very soon for Boiling Point, right? That's right. And like, I'm, I'm excited and also concerned because I beat the tar out of her at No Peace, <laughs> and she still came back. Like when I thought she was going to go down, fought for for another four and a half minutes, and then caught me off guard and beat me. She's, <laughs> she's brutal, man. She's no joke. She's a veteran. No, and that's I just got to turn it up even past eleven. Yeah, at, at RPW. So that's it. Sorry, not sorry, Randy. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, that that's. Uh, I would be worried if I was her, but uh, she's a lot stronger than I am and uh, a lot tougher than I am. So I'm I'm sure that's going to be awesome. Let's have a quick look at that card, man, because that's absolutely brutal. I was talking about oh, it yeah. with um with Justin earlier. The you've got Justin Kyle with Akira, which is going to be absolutely ridiculous. You've got Dale Patrick's and Sato. You've got you and Randy, and then you've got the tag team tournament. Yeah, who you got in the tournament, man? Oh man, I don't know because there's a lot of really good teams. Like, like you got to take in the rejects because they've been doing it for forever, and they have like such a like a machine, just a fighting 
hard hitting machine. Yes, absolutely. Then, correct. then also, I I, I kind of have a good spot for like uh for Otis and Lord Crew, man. Mm-hmm. I kind of I got a good feeling. They've been they've been kicking ass every time, like everywhere they've been going. So I kind of feel they might they might take it out. Well, they've been uh they've been like a long term unit now, you know, working together. Yeah. And I, I think we in these kind of tournaments, you've got to take that into a consideration is like how long have the team been together because that plays a big part so the rejects have been together a long time and they've won like a lot of gold but reed's been away for a little bit you know john's been on this mm-hmm. big tear you know american deathmatch champion so how much does you know his is i guess you know wear and tear and and reed's like maybe there's a little bit of rust maybe they're not as effective as they have been in the past you know whereas a team like the hallowed are an, an existing unit that are currently working together, actively tagging together. So that, that makes yeah. them very dangerous, I think. Um, yeah, and even when they're apart, they're still, you know, act, just grinding that axe and keeping it sharp for whoever, you know, neck they need to swing it at. Exactly. And, I mean, Otis is a tag team specialist. Him and him and Atticus were a, a long-reigning tag team for a long time. But mm-hmm. you know who I got to put over? I got to put over the Faces and Feels sponsored team. It's... The king of the no ring death match, Black Death, Casanova Valentine, and Mo Atlas yeah. Hoodfoot, the Faces and Fields official team. Now they don't have a lot of experience together, but you know those two ain't there to play. You know what I'm saying? They also have a good experience fighting each other, though. So exactly. You know, sometimes that you makes know friendships. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, sometimes uh, the best enemies make the best bedfellows, as they say. True. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I'm going to be pulling for those guys all the way, but it's so many great teams in there um, that I, I can't wait for the tournament, man. It's, um, what is it? It's not this weekend. It's the next, isn't it? It's, next uh, next Saturday, the 27th. Next Saturday. That's going to be an absolute barn burner, man. It's going to be really cool. Make sure everybody checks out on IWTV. Uh, and then the other thing to talk about, you're making your ICW No Holds Barred debut as well. That must be exciting. Yeah. Yeah, beyond exciting. <laughs> uh, I like, you know, that, that was a big goal for me. Like, that was like an overarching goal was to get an ICW and get either in the chains or in the pit. And then, like, the the kind of surrealism, like it, it coming this fast is it's awesome. I'm pumped. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. I'm, yeah, exactly. And I get to fight Jake Chris. I was like, about to say, and against Chris <laughs> as well. Talk about another amazing opponent. You talk about. Madman Pondo and Randy West, like Jake Chris, that's that's amazing, man. Yeah, just fighting all these like Midwest stars, man. <laughs> I mean, Jake's also a TV star, like he's been all over. So, like, yeah, exactly. It, it's going to bring a lot of eyes, man. And it, and it's actually in the chains as well, isn't it? It's not in the pit. That's right. Yeah, well, yeah, it's in the chains, <laughs> straight up in the chains. Well, you got to be bringing a chain of your own, right? You bring the food chain into the chains and go from there. Right? (laughs) Maybe I have to be able to bite my own chain off and like bite it off around the ring and use that as the weapon. Well, yeah. (laughs) Or if yours gets broken, you just have to bite those chains off and then turn them into a new one. There's all sorts you can do with that. (laughs) That's all. That's all. Deathmatch is man. It's just violent, violent improv. (laughs) (laughs) That that's a t-shirt right there. Violent improv artist. Reminds me of Drexel. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. No, that, that's, that lineup's crazy. And that also has our boy uh, Tank versing John Wayne for the title as well, doesn't it? Yeah, and he's fighting uh, John Wayne in his hometown. Yeah, Chattanooga. And that's, that's got to be that's got to be the biggest or damn near close to the biggest fight for Tank, man. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited to see that. That's going to be brutal, put yeah. it mildly. Exactly. Man, there's, I, I can barely even take in all the amazing wrestling that's been put out at the moment. It's just like, I don't know how I get any normal life done at this stage. <laughs> I know MUTV's taken over my life. That's what happens, man. It gets in your bloodstream and just doesn't go away. <laughs> yeah, ex- exactly right. But you've got a journey to these things. Um, what's it like uh, making these drives? Like, you are you driving to Tennessee or do you fly? How does it work? I'm driving, man. I'm, I've been <laughs> uh, titled as a road warrior for sure, man. Like I drove my first time to No Peace, and that's a 26 hour drive for me. Ooh. You know, I've driven, one I've way or two way, like one way. What? <laughs> yeah, so 52 hours altogether. <laughs> and uh, like I, I've been coast to coast technically this year. Like I drove the, I had a carload. We drove to California earlier this year. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, I drove to Florida, like, like I, I joke around, like I remember the first time I went to ICW Milwaukee, like I got hit up to do the, uh, extreme deathmatch challenge. And like dysfunction was like, Hey man, like I know you're a ways away. Like you don't have to come. It's like, dude, it's only 11 hours. That's, that's nothing. Like, <laughs> just a casual drive. Thing, dude. Yeah. Just straight up. Like it's a, I don't know. It might be a Midwest thing for us. Cause like if it's, if it's under 10, like 10 hours or less, whatever. Like, exactly. I'm, I'm a little bit, uh, not up on my reps as much as I was, but there was a time when I used to like drive for a living for like the local power company doing audits and doing all these things. And I was a bit like that. I drive eight hours a day. So I wasn't really stressed about anything, you know, as far as distance goes. But when you're starting to talk about 20 hours and stuff, uh, that's like, man, are you doing that solo? Or are you doing that with a group of people? Uh, it's kind of depends. Like sometimes I have like either some wrestlers or like, I have, like, my wife, she comes with me when she can, or, like, uh, sometimes I do it by myself. Like, I think the last time I went to Tennessee, I wrestled for TPW, and I went by myself for the first 11 and, no, 11 and a half, and then I met up with Aiden Blackheart and drove the rest of the way with him. Yeah. So it's like, I could meet up with somebody along the way, cool. <laughs> what type but, of uh, what type of car does one use to drive the world like that? You'd have to have something pretty reliable. Yeah, I drive a Kia, man. So, like, as long as, as, long as I keep, like... <laughs> Keeping the maintenance on that thing, it just it just goes. Keep the <laughs> keep the gas down and the maintenance up, and you're good to go. Oh, people crack up because I, I drive a Kia Soul. So everybody's like, they look at, it, they're like, man, how do you even fit in that thing? I'm like, dude, I have fit me, my base rig, my entire drummer's drum kit, and like our merch all in this thing, and drove it to like shows. Like it's got a lot more space than you think it does. Some of those little cars, you'd be surprised. You know, you fold down some seats and stuff, you can get shit in there. That's right, man. My freaking half cab and like a full like ten piece drum kit. Yeah, <laughs> that's sick. I uh, I used to my work car when I was doing that job was a Suzuki Swift. I don't know if you guys have them in um in America, but that's like a tiny little car. And I used to be able to fit full uh, three full PAs in there. <laughs> like I'm talking six speakers, like fifteen with desks. Either like musicianship or like like just anything on the road just automatically makes you great at like real life Tetris. Like That used to be my role in the band to the point where I think that they just let me do it because it meant they didn't need to load the car. But I would always be like, can everybody just get the fuck out of the way? And I would just like Tetris everything into the car and like make it all fit. I mean, it's also kind of like the side gig of the bass player, man. We were like, we're just the pack mules. <laughs> just like, Hey, no, don't worry. The bass player will get it. It's like, this is hauling in every single cat. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's probably why my neck and back are completely fucked now. Unfortunately, I didn't take up any kind of powerlifting, so now I'm just like a broken corpse of a human being. <laughs> <laughs> we can fix this. We can fix this. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And of course, because I was playing bass, I'm like, I have to have an 8x10. So I'm just rolling in like an Ampeg 8x10, dragging it up onto stage, just pushing it up into my van, like doing all that stuff. Sounded cool as hell, though. Dude, I, I did the eight by ten for a while. Like I'm uh, once I switched to doing like bass and vocals again, I'm like, nah, I'm, I'm just bringing the four by ten. Let's forget this. Yeah. We're talking about maybe doing some reunion shows and stuff now. And if we are, I don't have a cab. I've just got like a dark glass uh, M900 head. So if you if oh, you're nice. familiar with that, great great head. I used to always use tube heads, but I cannot be bothered like dealing with the weight and stuff now. And I think I'm just gonna get like two of their two by tens. Like, and just run it modular instead of having a big four by 10, just even though it costs a bit more to get two, it'll just be way easier, like moving it around modular, you know, style. I can put it on either side of the drum kit or stack it or whatever. Shoot, man, I used to have a really freaking kick ass, like two by 10 mark base. Oh, yeah. It was. Oh man, they the were, combo. it was so expensive, but it was so worth it. Oh yeah, like, yeah, exactly. They're, they're they're stunning. They're Italian made amps, and they're they're like really really cool. But yeah, that they they're not cheap. <laughs> That's <what I> <laughs> exactly. And they don't have a lot of bite either. Like if you want to play heavier shit through them, you got to run quite a bit of stuff. But I do anyway. I got a pedal board full of Sans amps and dark glass pedals. Yeah, I just, I just plug mine to an HM2 man. I literally just make it sound like a bass version of a Swedish chainsaw. So like. <laughs> Like that, that, that mortician style bass tone is what I've always tried to spot. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, I know exactly what I think. All right, we're completely off the rails again. Rem and I are now just talking. It's now the bass cast. Bases and feels? Is, it, is that the spin off? <laughs> just came up with that then. That's going to be Rem and my uh, spin off podcast that we're going to release on the Faces and Feels Network. Uh, 
<laughs> That's sick. Dude, I want to thank you so much for your time. It's been killer getting to know you. I'm so excited to see your debut at ICW No Holds Barred. I'm so pumped to see you and Randy at Boiling Point. Uh, that show's going to be killer. And yeah, I just can't wait to see what the future holds for you, man, because I, I think you're going to achieve everything you want. And hopefully we get to see that match with Rhino as well. Put it out there. Hashtag Remington versus Rhino. Ugh, Roar versus Gore. Let's go. Oh, that's even better. Let's see. I'm supposed to be the pun guy. Roar versus Gore. Hashtag it, people. Let's get it going. Oh, man. I would love that. That is killer. <laughs> hey, tell the people where to find you, your merch, all that different stuff. All right, man. Uh, you guys find me at on Instagram on carnivore underscore roar. It's the same for Twitter. Uh, you can find me on Facebook at Remington Roar. And I don't have a shop up yet. I'm actually in talks with a few people about that. Uh, so if you want merch from me, just hit me up on DM me on any of those. I will gladly help you get some of my merch to you. So No worries. I may even know a guy who can help you with that. Shout out Deathmatch Worldwide. Okay. <laughs> he is the man. He absolutely is the man. So for everybody out there, for Remington Raw and for Faces and Feels, remember, it's all about peace, love, and pro wrestling. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Faces and Feels is a DIY project created and edited in-house by me, Rafe Houston. You can show your support by following us on Instagram, at Faces Feels Cast, Twitter, at Faces Feels Cast, and Facebook, at Faces Feels Cast. Or send us an email with topic suggestions or feedback to facesandfeels at gmail.com, and don't forget to rate and review us on iTunes. Our banger theme is Loose Lips Sink Ships by the Thunder Vipers. Check it out on Spotify. And now hang around for a quick word from some friends of the show. Peace out. My body is a roadmap of pain. Deathmatchworldwide.com The official online merchandise store that is only for Deathmatch Wrestling. Featuring official t-shirts from No Peace Underground, John Wayne Murdoch, Akira, Madman Pondo, Zona 23, Neil Diamond Cutter, G. Raver, Schlack, Necro Butcher, and many more. If you are a Deathmatch wrestler, promotion, manager, or platform and are interested in joining the web store, send us an email to deathmatchworldwide at yahoo.com. Deathmatchworldwide.com for the final view. Vinyls and Violets a brand celebrating a love of music and deathmatch wrestling. Follow on Instagram at Vinyls and Violence. Follow on Twitter at Legalized Ranch, and that's Ranch with two H's. And buy the shirts from deathmatchworldwide.com. Vinyls and Violence. I'm pretty sure it's like some weirdo shit like Pokemon or something.